It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Before I got here, I'm looking at the Hall of Fame and 2,000 people going, oh my gosh. Now I'm standing in front of you going, we could play in front of 80,000 people, are you kidding me? My life has just been like taking on so many like wow moments in the last five years or so. So I'm telling you, if Joe could find a way and we could find the right time and the right team, Amazing. So that now I'm leaving it. I put it in the ear and now I just fold my hands and I stay quiet and just wait and see. So, but to me, it makes more sense to put a softball field outside than a, a volleyball court because there's a lot of things. I don't know. That's the, I'm sure they've got it all figured out, but now we're feeding off of other sports, other women's sports, which is so cool. Well, there you go. There's uh, head coach Patty Gasso. Now, I don't know where that clip was taken from. We've heard a couple of different clips now of her talking about that. And uh, she's still still going on as if this is something (laughs) that may happen, man. Smart. Wouldn't you? If you thought you had a chance to sell it out. this This is the third time I've heard her comment on it. She did it initially on Sunday. She did it again live on the ref earlier this week. And then that was last night. I mean, it's yeah. it, it would be a huge moment for OU softball, OU in general, women's sports in general. Like, I, I think she knows what kind of fan support she has. So, yeah, man, I mean, she's going to keep bringing it up until the university tells her, Patty, there's just no way that we could do this. And I love it. Like, keep keep pushing to see if you can happen. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, very, very cool. Very, very cool. And, yeah, I don't – I still, man, I, I would love to see it happen. You know I would love to see it happen. I just don't think you could do it in our stadium. Maybe not. Maybe not. not well, you want to see it happen. You wouldn't actually show up. The rest of us would. You would just be watching it on ABC or ESPN or – whatever major network televises it. You'd love to see it, but you wouldn't attend. You wouldn't that's be not, in the 80,000. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, about 90%. Yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe higher. 85, 85. I would, it depends when it was and if the weather was perfect and I had the best seat in the house and – like there's a bunch of qualifiers in there. I understand that. That is true, but but I exactly. would go. Um, no, that's cool. I again, man. If if there's a way that they could figure it out, if there's a way they can figure it out, they'll do it. I just I don't I don't know how it would work other than filling the thing up with dirt and eliminating like the first ten rows of uh, 
of the stadium. That's a lot of work to do to do that, but maybe it'd be worth it. Maybe it would be worth it. I don't know. That's for sure. Text no. line, I'm for Patty striking, striking while the iron is hot. Never has there been more fan support for softball. This from the 405. Uh, host a weekend tournament in the stadium from the 580. Let me read one more. Nebraska volley, uh, Volleyball Field Memorial Stadium, 80,000. Well, they haven't yet. Like, they've sold those tickets. But yeah. the uh, volleyball match is not taking place yet. Like, yeah, that, but that's going to happen. We are less than two hours from uh, first pitch, Bedlam softball. Top ten matchup, I think, for the third consecutive year. How uh, how we feeling uh, for the three-game set in Stillwater? Feel Did good about I it? I feel good about it. Did I see something that State has lost seven of their last nine or something like that? Yeah, they lost to North Texas this week. They got swept by Texas a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. They are not hitting the ball all that well right now. Like, is OU playing their best softball of the year? Um, if the answer to that is no, then they're not that far off. They're playing really well right now, especially they're pitching well in the circle. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is playing their worst softball of the year. So yeah. it's hard for me to pick against this OU team in a one-game, two-game, three-game series. I I, I, mean, I don't know, man. I just I think the games are going to be close, but I feel pretty good about OU going into this thing for sure. Yeah, well, I – I would pick I'd pick them anyways, but like whenever you throw in all the other stuff, the way that they're clicking right now, the um, the the little downturn that Oklahoma State's on, yeah, I, it's it's an easy pick for me, for sure. Um, now, I I don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch. I think they're going to challenge them. I, you know, you may have you may end up having three really really good games, um, but. Now I'll take. I would take Oklahoma to be the favorite in all of them by a significant amount. Doesn't mean they'll sweep, but that's what I would pick. There's good news and bad news for Oklahoma State. The good news is that their best pitcher, Kelly Maxwell, is the best pitcher in the Big 12 that doesn't wear an OU uniform. That's the good news. Best right. pitcher in the Big 12 that doesn't wear an OU uniform will probably be pitching tonight for Oklahoma State. The bad news is that that means that Kelly uh, Kelly Maxwell is the fourth-best pitcher in the Big 12 because she's not better than Nicole May. She's not better than Alex Duraco. She's not better than Jordy Ball. She's a good pitcher, but all three pitchers that OU will have this weekend are better than Oklahoma State's ace. So OSU is coming in in a little bit of a slump offensively. Man, this is not the staff you want to see if you're in the middle of an offensive slump. It's literally the last staff that you want to see. Now, okay, don't get mad at me, but are you say that that like that is an absolute fact that she's not better than any one of the three? Correct. Now, here's the thing: I statistically wins losses, ERA. I that's probably what you're going off of, but. Not, not all of it. I mean, it, it factors in, but that's it's not just majority looking at numbers. Because here's the other part of it. Those three pitchers for OU are working with the best offense in the country, and 
I don't know where their defense ranks, but it's incredible. Like, I think their defense – I've always talked about their defense yeah, is the most underrated part of the team. Let's not act like Oklahoma State's not very good. I mean, they're a top eight team, and they've been number two or number three for most of the year. So I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with it. But Oklahoma State's like she's got a pretty good supporting cast as well. I mean, she has well, last year in a their hitter game, on, our, on her side that leads the conference in, in batting average. State was terrible last year uh, defensively when they played OU. They made all kinds of mistakes, throwing errors, fielding errors. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, is it you? You? It is a fact that she's not as good as any of the three on OU, and I'm not saying she's not. I'm just asking, like. Yeah. If you dig a little I mean, bit deeper. Okay. It's, Fair it's not like some of it is off of numbers, okay? But yeah. you have to include the numbers when one of the pitchers I'm talking about is 15-0 and 0 with a 0.42 ERA, right? The other one right. or the another one is 15-0 and 0 with a 0.75 ERA. And the third has the worst ERA out of the three, 1.06. But she's one of the ten finalists for player of the year. Yeah. Like there's definitely some good aspects to Kelly Maxwell's game. I obviously I, I think like saying that she's the fourth best pitcher in the Big Twelve is not a slight, but like OU right now is at a legendary performance. It's not anything against Kelly Maxwell. You just know how I feel. I think that yeah. we're talking about the best pitching staff in college softball history. So Right. Yeah, I numbers, eye tests, like whatever you want to throw out there, I think all three are better than what OSU's ace is. Uh, so, you, do, will she throw all three games for state? No, I think she'll probably – she might throw two. They might throw, like, a uh, Lexi Kilfoy. Um, they have a couple of other options. She might throw two, but I don't think that she would throw all three. Do you think tonight is the uh, – is this the most dangerous game of the three? You probably have the biggest crowd, probably be the – yeah the like the most exciting atmosphere you've got the ace will definitely be up um all of that stuff so well i don't know you can think about it that way but is that like this team really rises to the occasion when it that's the situation you know like if if the crowd is there and it's intense like that's kind of when they play their best the most dangerous game might be on sunday if they've already won the first two games of the series yeah. It's a nice crowd, but maybe not as intense. You know what I mean? Like I, I might yeah. actually say Sunday more than tonight. Yeah, well, I, that that does make sense. Um, yeah, it, especially if you were in the first couple. The guards may be down a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. You picking uh, a sweep? What do you think? I, yeah. Yeah, I've got to pick it's a sweep. It's just hard to pick against this team. And, and I'm not saying that they won't lose. I mean, they may not yeah, lose another game for the rest of the year. They may not. They it won't be all that shocking. 46 and 1. It may not be all, may not be all that shocking if they don't lose another game, but I just I don't think it's going to be this weekend. That just the OSU is going to play better softball than what they have recently. It's just, man, you really got to have a special performance to beat this team. And I do yeah. think there'll be a couple of games that are close, but OU's just on a different they're just on a different planet right now. Just a totally different level. Yeah. I wonder, do you, any idea, you heard anything about what the, the funk Oklahoma State's in? What, what's kind of the cause of that? I, I mean, I don't, I mean, it just looks like offensively. Like, they scored two runs, I think, against North Texas earlier this yeah. week. I don't, there's no scuttlebutt as to why that's the case. They just may be in a uh, late season slump. This is not the right time of the year that you want to be in a slump, that's for sure. Right, well, 
Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm very optimistic for Oklahoma going into it, and you know, I don't know what the future holds. Now, obviously, you'll have next year for sure, um, but you're not going to get many more opportunities. So they'll be thinking about that. That's going to be. I mean, that's kind of been one of the underlying things in in pretty much everything that we've done since that announcement was made that we're going to the SEC. It's like everyone's everyone's got a they feel like they've got a little something extra because there's some anger there or whatever uh, I you know i i don't know why again i think it's the best thing that's happened to oklahoma state in a long time but everyone uh, i guess it's just you try and manufacture whatever you can as a as a team as a school as a program to to get your players to play with a little bit of an edge but you know that's that's one thing that everyone kind of keeps trying to show up with um, that's the funny thing about the football schedule, too, is that, yeah, it's going to be everyone's last time to, if you beat OU, to chant SEC and do that whole dance, whatever. The only two places in the conference that you go to this year on the road that have been previous Big 12 members are Oklahoma State and Kansas. Right. I don't think that that's the same thing for Texas, right? I think they have to go to Baylor. Uh, I think they have to go to Iowa State. And do they have to go to TCU this year as well? I can't remember exactly, but kind of funny how that works out. Your last year in the league, you know the Big 12 doesn't feel sorry for you, and the only two places are OSU and Kansas you have to go yeah. to on the road. No, we got TCU at home this year, right? Isn't that the last game of the season? I'm talking about I'm talking about Texas. I was trying to think of Texas. Oh, uh, yeah, more yeah, than yeah. okay. Has. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel good about it. I think they roll. They may roll big. I don't know. Like, you you got a team that's – I mean, this – obviously, this is something that could possibly pull you out of a slump, but uh, I would say that that's unlikely. And if you go out there and you get off to a bad start and Sooners are, are playing really well, uh, you could go into, a, go into a hole pretty quickly if you're Oklahoma State. Is this much wa- a must-watch TV for you this weekend? ESPN two tonight at six p.m. Uh, you got ESPN tomorrow at four p.m. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, wait, yeah, tonight at six, ESPN two. Tomorrow at ESPN at four, and then Sunday at two on ESPN plus. Yeah, this is obviously must-watch television for the rest of us. I'm just wondering if you're going to join us. Absolutely, must-watch television. Is the weather supposed to be good all weekend? We don't have any any chance of. Like the bad cap weather could thing, burst, according to David Payne. That is a possibility Uh-oh. on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. If it gets warm enough, the cap could burst. You know what that well, means. Yeah. Uh, sometimes good could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depending on who you talk to. Um, but tonight's going to be a hot one, up around 90 degrees. That's awesome. So, all right, good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. What's going on there, Tyler? Uh, we're going to have some live music coming up later tonight here at the Noble Rose Rock Music Festival. Starts tonight, rolls through Sunday. There's already people out here. We had a couple of members of the Ref Army that have already come by and say hi at the Noble Rose Rock Music Festival. Rose Rock, capital of the world, right here in Noble, Oklahoma. They've got vendors, food trucks, all sorts of uh, family fun events for you right here in Noble, Oklahoma. Good stuff, and I'm up here at 74, brand new, just opened on Monday, new building, really cool place, new menu, awesome patio outside, indoor and outdoor, bar seating. Uh, we got $4 Modelo, Specials, Pacificos, Corona Premieres, and Victoria's going on right now, and the Daily Train Special. 
$5 mini margaritas when a train goes by and there's a train going by right now. It's a busy train uh, train track behind us. That's the fourth one. So it's basically $5 mini margaritas all day long, I have a feeling. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush on a Cinco de Mayo Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, big OU news of the day. Well, they got two recent portal additions in the past 24 hours. Let's start with Connor Near, the two-time D2 All-American, back-to-back D2 national champ out of Ferris State. He's an inside linebacker, six foot two, 220 pounds. Uh, Teddy, what do we really need to know when it comes to Connor Near and this uh, portal edition? I think he's a solid player, uh, just from what I've seen. Um, obviously, I don't have a, 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 a big background to pick from. I've just seen, you know, a handful of his plays, and I see the same thing in all of them. He has good footwork. He plays square to the line of scrimmage, plays with good pad level, he clearly understands blocking schemes and how to fit on plays, which, you know, is a harder skill than you would think to develop. I can tell that he's been coached well, uh, looks athletic, has adequate size, uh, and like I said, experience. Man, that's the key thing. We we really we've got a lot of talent in our linebacker room. We've got no experience, and. He, he gives you a little bit of a buffer there with another guy that's played football that I imagine can either come in and compete for the Mike Backer spot or um, you know serve as a, a backup to both inside backer positions, both the Mike and the Will. So uh, I think it's a nice addition. I watched a four-and-a-half-minute highlight reel of him earlier this morning, so obviously I'm an expert on his game. But one thing that I was impressed with, and I think you hit on it a little bit, he looked like he was the, the dude of that defense. And, and not right. just talent level-wise, he was getting everybody lined up. He knew the defense. He knew where everyone else needed to be. And that's, that's a product of a, of, of a really good inside backer. And in the four and a half minutes that I saw him, not only, not only did he take care of what he needed to take care of, he got everybody in the right spot as well. He was kind of the, the heartbeat of that Ferris State defense last year that won a championship. Yeah. No, I, I, he, that's what I saw. Shows leadership qualities. Shows that he's got a great understanding of the defense because he's, he's always directing traffic out there. And, and like I said, the, the way that he understands – and fits some of the run game and reads the the blocking schemes up front and and has good clean footwork getting there i mean that's he 90 percent of the battle that you have at linebacker he it looks like he's pretty proficient at you know just the technique stuff and the understanding blocking schemes and understanding and understanding of the defense yeah yeah, that, I, I think that that translates. And uh, we'll see what you get out of Troy Everett. He's got three years of eligibility remaining. Um, interior offensive line out of App State. I think the Athletic voted him like second team freshman All-American last year. Started in like six games. Um, 
I, I don't know. Like, who would you say Troy Everett has a better chance to start next year than than Connor Near, or would you say that both of these guys, their chances of starting next year are pretty slim? Um, what's the size on the center? He is 280 pounds. What is he? Is he six foot two, 280? I know he's 280 pounds. Uh, 6'3", 280 is what he is. Um, I would say that the backer has a much better chance to start. Oh, okay. Just to clarify, we're not talking about injury stuff, right? We're just talking about earning well, a starting yeah, job. Uh, yeah. I'd say Connor Neer has a much better chance. You've only got that? the um, – well, Rame is – he's an excellent center. He's not going to beat Andrew Rame out. And he's not big enough, I don't think, to play guard. Out of uh, – you know, unless it's some type of uh, injury situation and they're playing musical chairs up there trying to – find a way to get their best five on the field. Um, I, I, I just I don't see him beating Andrew Rame out. Now, on the other hand, you got two spots at inside backer, so uh, he doesn't have to beat out. Like, there's not the only guy. Like, he can't just play Stutzman's spot. He can also play where Kobe McKenzie and Kanick are battling it out. Like, there's a chance he's inserted into a, a – a position battle right out of the gate with with a couple of guys that haven't played a game yet. So I'd say it's a low percentage chance, but it's better than it's better than the other guy. I think that's a like I would say that he's not going to be a starter right away. He's the he's going to add some good depth at center, which we we have none right now. But I he's not going to beat out Andrew Rain. I'd I'd be shocked by that. Uh, from the 405, I think one of our weaknesses last year, especially on defense, was lack of football IQ. This goes back yeah. to having very little experience, especially at backer. Having a guy who has experience and high school IQ, even if it's not a Division One level, is going to be extremely beneficial. Yeah. I, that's kind of my point that, is you've got a guy isn't that that's like a well that's like a well thought out text. You know, there's some intelligence behind it. And what makes me laugh is – they have that text. It's like, that's that's good. And the text before that was, Monday is 420 days until OU's in the SEC. <laughs> that's yep. why our text line is undefeated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, like, all of those reasons exactly. He, he gives you experience. He gives you a guy that's, you know, he's a two-time All-American. He, he's played a lot of football. And I know it's not Division One, but I mean the fact that he's played and started and been in the mix and had to make in-game adjustments and knows how to be a starter and learn a game plan and um, you know do things on the fly, get people lined up, you know have some resilience out there if you're down in a game or up in a game, and he's just he's a, he's got experience, man. You just can't you can't replicate that. And we've got a lot of young, exciting players, but we don't have anything to fall back on. As of right now, if we take an injury at either of the inside backer spots, we're falling back on players that have never played meaningful football. And that doesn't mean that that's a disaster. It just means that it's a wild card. You'd like to have a, you'd like to have something where you feel like. Uh, 
you know, you have a safety net there that you can fall back on, you know, and, and I, that's what he provides. I don't think there's anyone that expects him to come in and be take a starting job and be all Big 12 and, you know, I'm not taking that stuff off the table, but that's I don't think that's the role that they're asking. They're asking for a, a player that's played a good amount of, of football to come in and be a safety net that can provide some experience. The other player that we're waiting on right now is Jordan Tyson, who was on campus just a, a couple of days ago. Uh, legit punt returner, first off, but he also led Colorado in, I think, receiving yards last year, even though his uh, season was cut short. Due to an injury, he's a Texas kid, so there's some confidence that Emmett Jones is going to lock him up. Um, yeah, there's a crystal ball in for Jordan Tyson right now. That would be your second portal wide receiver ad, but this kid was pretty good last year as a true freshman, if you haven't seen him. he yeah. I know Colorado didn't have a lot of good players last year. That's why they were 1-11. But he was one of the few bright spots that CU had last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know how I feel about wide receiver – I'm, I'm at the same time excited and annoyed, you know? And I say annoyed like I'm not. It, I'm just, I'm looking at the clock, keep looking at the, the, um, the sand falling through the hourglass. Like we're waiting. Who's going to start making plays? Who is it? Is it, is it Jaden Gibson at, at 6'6", out there like a, a unicorn at wide receiver? Is it Nick Anderson who's got every single tool in the book you could ever ask for? Like, who's it going to be? Just patiently waiting. Yeah. Uh, other news nationally, the transfer portal, Michigan State transfer quarterback Peyton Thorne heading to Auburn. Got to think that he's probably going to be the starter there. And then Casey Thompson, he's not going to complete the trifecta seemingly. Started against OU uh, for Texas, started against OU for Nebraska, not going to be at Oklahoma State. Looks like he's going to team up with his old head coach, Tom Herman, down there at FAU. That's where things are trending. Yeah. So, good luck to Casey that's, Thompson in, at, at FAU, I guess. Well, that's interesting. I, I could see him going down there and lighting it up. You know? That's, it's crazy that I feel, it feels like he's been in college for a really long time, doesn't well, it? Because he has been in college for a really long Is time. Is this a That's what it feels year? like. Um, yeah, I think, well, he would have a COVID year, so I feel like, because he was sitting behind Sam Ellinger for a while. He sat yeah. behind Sam Ellinger for a couple of years, so, yeah, I, I, I think that this is, this has got to be his last year of eligibility. It has to. I think that this be. is his sixth and final year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it's crazy that Herman's been fired, sat out a year. Or not sat out, I guess. He, well, he was with, with the, the Bears. Bears. Yeah. yeah. It's just wild that they've linked up again after <laughs> who would have thought FAU. Just threw a lot but, of deep balls, Tom. This uh, Casey Thompson can throw the deep ball well. Just just uh, dial it up next year. That's all you need Tom to Herman's do. offense is easy. Quarterback sweep, quarterback power, sprint pass right, sprint pass left, and uh, throw the deep ball. Yeah. That's it. Until uh, you can call your bread and butter play to win OU Texas and you kick an extra point instead when the yeah. uh, opposing defense is gassed. That was a mishap by him. Appreciate it, Tom. Appreciate it. That would have been the difference. All right. right, let's. Uh, we're late for a timeout. Quick break. 
More from the rush coming up. Hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at WYG? Communication is a priority. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is... Now, uh, we mentioned this briefly earlier in the show, but Alabama head baseball coach, which, by the way, how about the uh, how about the raging fire going on in Alabama athletics Jeez. everywhere except for football, right? Oh, oh my God. Crazy? Well, football, no one thinks they're going to be any good next year either. So oh, that's true. They weren't, you know, down year last year. hasn't been great in old T-Town. Yeah, that's true. That's like the um, – that's the equivalent of all the other stuff going on down there is Alabama not winning 15 games next year. You know, it's like, yep. oh, my God. But so for those that weren't listening earlier and haven't seen this, Alabama's baseball coach has been fired. Um, now, there was a recent series with LSU, and there were some large wagers placed on an LSU-Alabama uh, game where the – Head coach for Alabama benched the starter uh, for back issues, had like back issues, and and the red flags came in because there was a couple of really big bets, like they think around the twenty thousand dollar mark. The exact number hasn't been released, but you know it put off red flags because there's hardly any action at all on college baseball. They don't get hardly any bets, big bets at all on college baseball. So that was red flag number one. So, I thought this was fascinating, Tyler. They they tied it all back to the Alabama head coach because the the bets were placed at an actual sports book in Ohio, and they zoomed in on the phone with the cameras at the sports book and could see who the wow. person making the bets was talking to. <laughs> texting or calling however way it was and that's how they tied it back to the alabama coach so just remember and that's in ohio that's in ohio that's not in vegas think right. about what they could do in vegas just remember the big eye in the sky is always watching and those dadgum phones uh you can't hide anything anything that you do can and will be used against you at some point. Just remember that. That's all I'm saying, Tyler. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess they, they have him on tape, too. With and The other guy was an Alabama high school baseball coach, or at least he was a high school baseball coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now people are freaking out about, this is why we can't bet on collegiate sports. Well, this is an isolated event, and maybe something like this will happen again. I don't know. I, I tend to think that this might scare off some people. But right. I guess we'll see in the future. Yeah. Um, fascinating, though. They think they're starting to go back and look at all the games now and see where there was interesting action on Bama um, for or against. Um, Auburn 
they got a quarterback transfer, Peyton Thorne. Um, what do you think? It does not change my opinion of Auburn whatsoever. I think that they're going to have a very tough year in a division that has a chance to be pretty good. I think Alabama's better. I think LSU's better. I think Ole Miss is better. I might even say that Arkansas and A&M are better. I think success for Auburn this year is probably getting to six wins this season. Maybe Hugh Freeze can do something nice out there, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. He's he's behind schedule at this point. And yep. I don't think Peyton Thorne's just some playmaker that's going to put the team on his back and win some SEC games. They're, they're going to have a tough year. Yep. Um, I – the only the last thing that I've got, I, you're a uniform guy. I am. I think it's cool. The Tennessee Titans. It's confirmed. I guess Warren Moon is the one that confirmed it. They're bringing back the old school Oilers uniforms. I don't know if it's just like a one game thing, but those unis were amazing, and um, it's going to be cool to see the new kind of new spin on the old throwbacks there with the uh, the yeah. Titans. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, they should have been going with these for a while because they would have this look recently where, I mean, their logo's okay, their logo's not great, like the Tennessee Titans logo, but they would put that light blue against a dark blue helmet, and I thought it was one of the worst looks in the NFL. Yeah. In fact, it might be the worst look in the NFL, so they needed an upgrade. Uh, Good for them that they got one. All right, so my first story. Listen to this. Two USC journalism students traveled to Kansas City last week to cover the NFL draft. They were on the university's dime. Uh, They were with the student-run news outlets, Annenberg Media, I guess, okay? All right. So they're on USC's dime out there to cover the NFL draft. And those two students were spotted on a security camera after 1 a.m. on Friday morning, the day after Thursday's first round. They were spotted in the talent waiting room. What were they doing back there in the middle of the night? Well... They stole three uniforms, and they stole uniforms from various teams with the number one printed on the back with no last names. Those were like the uh, designated to be given to the first-round selections, the uniforms that they hand out when they're drafted. They stole jerseys from the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Vikings, valued at over $1,000. So in terms of the overall dollar amount, it's not a big deal, but I guess it's a big sentimental thing. It was a very dumb thing to do, by the way. You talk about the eye in the sky. They got caught as well. And both of those students were arrested shortly before boarding a flight back to L.A. where the Cowboys and Niners jerseys were found in their possession. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. Here's the thing. I think that's a bit harsh. Your college students... It's 1 a.m. Obviously, you've had somewhere between 20 and 30 beers uh, up there covering the draft, having a good time, stumble into the green room, how they made it back there, I have no idea. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we hit the mother load. Now, I'm sure the next day, as soon as they open their eyes, like we've all done, they had these immediate thoughts of, oh, my God, what did we do? But it's not like at that point, you're not going to walk back over there but hey we broke in and stole these last night i i think in arresting them a bit much 
No, or it might you're be supposed to say, oh, they're L.A., California scum like ah, everyone there you go. else. That's a good point. They go to USC. Lincoln Riley probably told them to do it. That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. Well, don't give these kids enough. No, dude, it's a punk move is what it is. Yeah. Um, is arresting them too harsh? I don't know, but, like, that's like a sentimental type of thing for, for those teams and players. Like, it's, it's a punk move. Uh, there's a report out that Tom Brady might quit – his new 10-year, $375 million deal with Fox Sports. Apparently, right now, Brady is at 51% more likely to walk away from his Fox deal before it starts, adding that it's fluctuating. Now, do you think that he's actually serious about walking away from his 10-year, $375 million deal, or do you think he's just flirting with it in hopes that Fox will say, all right, let's just up this to an even $400 million? I have no idea. Um, I obviously the dude is doing. He, he doesn't need to ever work again, ever. Uh, and I don't think anyone has ever been under the impression that he does. But um, well, I don't know. I think I, uh, I I would think he would be really entertaining on a broadcast. I think it would be awesome to hear him call some games. But. I think Fox is stupid as hell. I think, it, I think they're ridiculous. Ten years? You're going to lock a dude in for ten years and over $30 million a year to call Stats. football games? Like, no one is going to watch the game because Tom Brady's calling it, number one. You're just going to tune in and be like, oh, that's Brady. Uh, he sounds good. I, it's, it's, like, it's worthless money to me to spend on that dude and he may do a year of it and then i totally mail it in like romo did well that's that's the example i was about to bring up is you know romo i don't remember what his dollar amount was probably not this but i'm sure he was getting stupid money and it was awesome at first the first two years he got we're not even halfway through it he got good money after he came in and did really good and people loved it which that's typically how you would sign someone to that big of a contract. But I don't know. I Personally, I hope he does it and is awful at it for 10 years and Fox has to fork over $375 million because they a 10-year contract? How stupid are they, man? It's wild. Yeah. Uh, last one I have, uh, Phil Pachotti dunked on uh, – there's a video of him dunking last yeah. night and he put it up on social media. And then his head coach dunked on him. By quote tweeting it and saying, seven foot goal, face palm emoji. <laughs> Everyone got a kick out of uh, it. Was, it was impressive there by old Phil. But uh, the head coach dunking on his own linebacker, that, that made for good comedy last night. That was good. Never safe. You never know whenever you may get blasted for something. And that's right. Um, every, like, if you, you keep them in check just a little bit when you're the head coach, right? Because. Uh, now everyone's thinking, i got to be careful. Coach is watching my social media. What am I going to post? Is he going to dunk on me if I uh, if I post something out there? So, uh, number one, good move by uh, Pachotti. It was pretty cool, looking pretty athletic there as a youngster. And I thought it was awesome by Coach. Yep. That's all I got. All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. I'm at the Noble Rose Rock Music Festival. You guessed it, right here in Noble. Live music going on. They've got food trucks out here, vendors all over the place, rides for the kids. You can't make it out tonight. All good. They'll be here Saturday. They'll be here Sunday as well. Looking for some uh, family plans this weekend. Head out to Noble. Um, here's something from the Board of Regents meeting today, Teddy. George Stoya tweets out, Joe Castiglione on playing a softball game on Owen Field. Quote, we've looked at this before. It's not an original idea. It wasn't feasible when we last looked into it. He goes on to say that Castiglione didn't totally rule it out, said they've looked at some other possibilities. Uh, Joe Castiglione says, to be clear, we are evaluating its feasibility. We love creative and innovative ideas. Last summer, we thought about trying to smash the all-time attendance record for a regular season game, which we ended up doing last month. We always look for ways to elevate our Sooners program. So what it sounds to me is they'll keep their options open, but there's not a great option right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a it's like a good thing and a bad thing. Like I love the layout of our stadium. I don't I don't like having. Like, I wouldn't mind if there was a little bit more room down there. Just a just a yard or two of field would make a, a big difference of, of room uh, to the uh, to from the sideline to the brick wall. That'd make a lot of difference. But um, I love that that it's. Strictly a football field. You don't have any yeah. any area for anything else. Like you're right there on top of the game. That's what I really like. Uh, special guest here as we close up hour number two. John's with me here from the uh, from Noble. Uh, who do we got on stage coming up later tonight? By the way, uh, let's see. Matt Maxwell's opening us up, and then we have a band called First World Problems. Um, and then after that, Mystery Dates, uh, wow. local Norman band, is going to be here closing us out tonight. Uh, so. There's, there's too many food options to even list out here. There, we, we had a listener said, I, I mean, I went with fried pickles, but I could have went with really anything. So <laughs> I, it was like an early dinner for him, maybe a late lunch, I'm not sure. But there's so many rides for the kids. There's so many different places to eat. You could probably come out here all weekend and have a totally different meal. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. There, there's, there's plenty of places to eat. And then uh, – and the entertainment changes so much. Um, you know, we got bands all day tomorrow. We've also got professional wrestling uh, coming in. San- really? Sanctioned professional wow. wrestling. Yeah, they're going to set up right over there. There'll be a, a ring set up. There'll they'll be matches at noon and at 3. They'll have a show uh, here. So that's going on. And then, yeah, there's um, over 100 vendors here. Um, just anything you can think of that you'd want to buy. It's probably here. Well, uh, I, I don't think you can buy it, but you can ride a mechanical bull. I don't know if you're trying to tip me today, send me uh, up by the mechanical <laughs> bull, but it's gotten a little crazy over there. Yeah, today. I'm I'm sure for the uh, I'm sure for the right amount you could purchase it, but yeah, uh, yeah he uh, I think it's I think it's like ten bucks for a wristband to do all these inflatables oh, nice. all day long. Yeah, so you can do that. The carnival, you can get um, wristbands. Uh, I think they're thirty five dollars for. I don't know. It's like a four-hour session, all the riding ride for that. So it's pretty, pretty good. What's thing. this event mean to, no, mean to Noble? Uh, it's it's a big deal for Noble. This is our forty-first. It's the forty-first annual, so we've been doing it for a while. But uh, it's really just to showcase our town. You know, people come in from all over. We have, um, I, I think, twelve thousand people come through over the weekend. You know, um, and it's just just an awesome time. So it, it gives 
gives some uh, exposure to our sure. town. And, you know, people don't realize how close to Norman we are. I mean, we're closer to OU than half of Norman is. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we're just right down the road. Well, I appreciate you having us out, man. Well, I appreciate you coming. And uh, you guys do us a good job every year. So we're glad you're here. There you go. Final hours next.